Hey guys and welcome to the channel. First of all, please remember to smash that like button. You can see a lot of you are doing so, so really, really do appreciate it. The support has been fantastic. If you are watching or listening on a podcast platform, then do also leave us a rating or review. It does help out a lot. Of course, we are growing, not just on YouTube, but on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So your guys' help is really crucial to us growing and getting it out there to more people who can then become fans of Quality Shop. Not just fans, family, family. Right, okay, let's get into this. So I really want to talk about the WTA Madrid Open. Of course, the ATP side has started as well, which has been great. Of course, we've had some crackers. We had Team versus Murray. That was a great first rounder. Can't get any better than that. But I wanted to go through some of the results for the women's side because... All the seeds are falling down, falling down, falling down. All the seeds are falling down. And that's it. That's all I have to say, really. No. In all seriousness, though, like genuinely, it's been crazy to see the top 10 in the world, only the number 10 seed or number 10, 10 in the world even is still in the draw. So a couple of players haven't played because of injury, like Krejcikova, for example. That's fine. Get that. But then we've had, of course, and Sviontek obviously is injured as well. She must be looking at now, though, Sviontek saying, tell you what, may as well just played it, even if I was a little bit injured or fatigued. <laughs> tell you what, she must be, she must be. So I'm going to go through uh, some of the quick results and some of the surprise ones. But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting, a very, very interesting tournament so i mean you can see here pushkova straight away off the bat losing in straight sets in her first round match i mean that wasn't a massive surprise she's not the best on clay although she did make the rome final last year she did get double bageled though by Sriantec. so it's kind of like uh, she's either pretty good on it or she's terrible on it so okay not a huge surprise she hasn't been in the best of form this year anyway pushkova and i think in all seriousness it's not going to be her, you know, her surface where she potentially may win a Grand Slam. I don't think anyone thinks she's going to make a ridiculous run at Roland Garros, make the final there. I'd be very surprised if she makes a final in her career there. I wouldn't be surprised if she makes a final at Wimbledon, like she did last year. Wouldn't be surprised if she makes a final at any other Grand Slam either. But Roland Garros, no. Uh, Anissa Mova, look at this. I mean, she just keeps on demolishing Sabalenka in their head-to-head. Sabalenka yet to beat Anisimova. So for love, it is now the head-to-head. Absolutely crazy. Uh, to be fair to Sabalenka, not a terrible match. I mean, eight double faults, fine. But look at that first serve percentage. Win on first serve, win on second serve. Pretty good from both, actually, to be fair. Look at that in the 60s, which is great to see. Uh, break points, you can see three out of six. I mean, just having more breakpoint opportunities in Isamova and then converting them. But it was a pretty good match. I think Sabalenka just struggles with the style. And I think maybe she struggles in the fact that Anisimova is able to... I think the issue is that Anisimova is able to hit the ball almost as hard as her, uh, if not harder at times. And it doesn't give her much time to actually tee up her own ground strokes. On the clay, you might think, well, hold on, but then she gets that extra bit of cushion. But in Madrid, it's not particularly slow. It's the far, it's a faster type of clay. So I just think in general, also, if you've got such a bad record against someone, three love, you're not going to be particularly confident going into it. You're going to be thinking, yes, I want revenge, etc. But then as soon as she lost that first set, she did, I think she'd well to come back, recover, 
And then the first that she's thinking, come on, can get can do this, can do this, is so tight. And then she just got edged, and you just think, okay, a step in the right direction. But Sabalenka is the number three seed in this tournament. Should be doing better, yes. Not to be after making, of course, the got Open final as well, which I thought was a great run. So disappointing. She's going to drop to at least number seven in the world. She'll stay in the top ten, I think. And I'm hoping we just see another Stuttgart Open run. I, I think, look, this is just a bad matchup for her. Uh, let's hope that she gets a better draw in the next tournament and then we see her make a run because she's exciting. I really think she is. Uh, and then Alexandrova, look, dumping out Ostapenko. I mean, that is just... That's not that's not a huge surprise. Ostapenko obviously is the former French Open champion, uh, you know, winning it as a teenager, but hasn't really done much since to be to be blunt, to be fair. She hasn't done much at all. Uh, not to be disrespectful, it's just she hasn't really. And then I guess the surprise for me is Kirsty because I never back against her, but she went out in the first round. And to be honest, my bracket has been absolutely destroyed on the women's side, uh, to be fair. Then you can see here Pavlochenkova losing, of course, the French Open finalist. That's not a huge surprise to Cerebos Tormo because, one, she's very rusty. She hasn't played a lot of tennis, Pavlochenkova. And two, Cerebos Tormo is a very good clay quarter. And we saw her, of course, and we'll get on to that, beat Osaka in uh, straight sets. And she is an incredible uh, just fighter on the clay. And I'll get more into her stats and her, her style of play when we talk about the Osaka win because, yeah, it's, it's really different. And it might not be the most fan-friendly or, or best to watch, but it's definitely something that's effective. And I... I rate it, to be fair. And I just rate how confident she is playing that way. And she doesn't care, really, whether you know people don't like it or not. Uh, and then you can see there, Andrescu, and we'll get on to her. She's she's made a really good run, uh, bageling risk in the third set there of her first-round match. And she, I, I've been happy with her coming through this because it's great to see her just finally finding some form. Of course, former US Open champion. She's a real talent. She's been injured. She's struggled with mental health issues. We've now got her back. It looks like she's in a good state of mind. She's fully fit. She's raring to go. Great to see her. Um, yeah, and, and then those are kind of... I'm not really going to go through everything. I'm just going to go through the, the seeds, really, for the most part. Uh, Coco Golf, you can see they're making a run. And then look at this, Halep. Now, I did commentary for this on the GTL era, a GTL channel even so game to love podcast do check it out um yeah do support us here of course but also go over there give them a cheeky subscribe if you like the content and i do commentary on there for them now and then as well um halep one in straight set at six three six one right now bedosa she did have a slight injury in the second set uh, look, I get that, but she was just thoroughly outplayed. I mean, Halep has been playing some phenomenal tennis throughout this tournament. And for me, she's actually one of the favorites. She's won here before twice. She's won the French Open or Roland Garros. She's got Moratoglu in her corner, who seems to have just rejuvenated and refreshed her career. I think the biggest thing for me is that Smona Halep is not strapped up. She's not wary about sliding and throwing her body around. And that seems to be quite a big part of the game, her physicality. She's not got any strapping. She looks fully fit. She's sliding around. Some of the defensive points are absolutely phenomenal from the Romanian, genuinely. And she just, 
everything seems to be firing. The only thing that I can I can potentially point towards is the second serve, but the backhand, phenomenal. I mean, some of the backhands that she's been hitting, especially against Bedosa, down the line, just beautiful to, to watch. A great shape on it, cross-court and down the line. The forehand seems to be working great at the moment. She's even come to the net, and she's volleying pretty well. Uh, she's, you know, returning really, really well. I mean, the depth she's managing to get on most returns, fantastic, into corners as well, putting the server on the back foot straight away. Uh, she's just able to play different types of points. And I don't think it's her at her best, but she's not far off it, I think, in terms of some of the form that I've seen. And that's what's been great to see. It really has. Um, but yeah, Bedosa going out. So she was my pick, actually, to win. She was my pick to win the Madrid Open after Sviontek went out. And you might think that's a bit of a basic pick. She's the number two in the world. So you just pick the, the next highest ranking player. It wasn't even that. I just thought... Look, she's playing at home. She's obviously in some pretty good form. I think of the her draw is pretty hard fine, but I didn't think she, did I think she'd lose to Halep. I thought it'd be difficult. I think after watching Halep in her first round match, um, I just thought, okay, this is going to be really difficult for Bedosa, and it was, and she obviously ended up losing. Then you can see Estrella Tomo knocking out Osaka. Now Osaka's not actually a seed. But that's still a surprise. Uh, I think just because Osaka played pretty well in the first round, the issue that I had with her in the first round was that she wasn't making enough first serves. And then she did pretty much the same in this second round match. Let's have a look. 55%. So at one point, though, it was in the 40s. But 55% is way too low. Look at the difference between her and Sweebos Tormo. 83% first serves in. But that's not the kind of damning figure. It's this. Win percentage on first serve. Only 64%. Her first serve is absolutely huge, Osaka. In corners for the most part, she should be getting a lot of free points. Not just free points, but then also backing up nicely. And she wasn't able to. And Sarah Srivastomo is a really interesting case. She just tends to almost... I don't want to say moonball because it just sounds so... It's, it's almost like a backhand, backhanded compliment. Or... Yeah, it's like I'm leveling some type of dig towards her. Um, but yeah, I think it's three was Tormo in straight sets, six three six one. For me, I mean, she the coverage that she was managing to get on it was great. I mean, she just had was it? I think Osaka was hitting her forehand with uh, fifty five centimeter coverage. Three was Tormo one hundred and thirty seven, one hundred and thirty seven. But the thing is, she wasn't just looping the ball up in the air. It did have topspin on it. She was hitting it with great depth, I think. And into corners. It wasn't just down the middle of the court, like a lob. Um, it was different. It's different. She's clearly like perfected that art. And it does work well on this surface, of course, because clay is conducive to higher bouncing balls and, and, and more topspin and you know depth, for example. And Osaka would struggle with it for large periods of the match. Now, I, I was surprised she didn't adapt as... like as well as she could have or should have, I think. But Sribas Tormo played a really good match, I thought. And like kudos to her. Let's see how far she can go uh, with that style. It's a different style. And that's what we want to see. We don't want to see everyone playing the same way, of course. It might not be the most exciting for you to watch, but I think it's great to have different styles. Uh, and then Sakari losing to Kasakina, that was a surprise to me. Kasakina is very, very talented, but that was a big, big surprise. I mean... To lose in three sets and Sakari won the first set as well. And I I picked it to go quite far. And 
there's something about Sakari. I don't know what it is. Like she'll make a lot of semis and she'll make final. She made her first final this year. She's got the game. I just I don't I wonder whether she almost expends too much energy at times. And I know she's super fit, but is it feasible for her to play at that sort of intensity all the time for potentially two weeks on a Grand Slam and win it? Does it? It might not be physically as draining, right? Because she's so super, she's so super fit. But mentally, does it take a lot out of her as well? I just wonder. I just wonder. I wonder whether this incremental gain she can make to her game. She's not the tallest of players. She's five seven. But can she go for a little bit more on her first serve? Could she go for a little bit more on the forehand? Maybe go a bit close to the line for that one plus shot. You know, could she come to net and potentially volley? She's got great. You know, legs in terms of it getting around the court, um, add, you know, play more of a drop shot. Like, do you know what I mean? Can we add more layers to her game so that she's not always feeling like I'm grinding away constantly? And longer term, she's not going to be able to play like that all the time. So it's an interesting one. I'm not quite sure what to do about her and how she. I'm not sure longer term how her game translates into tournament wins. But we'll see. We'll see. She's a real talent. I genuinely love watching her play. She's got great energy. But there's something about her that clearly is not quite clicking for a long period of time or longer periods of time. That means that she can win tournaments. She's getting relatively far in a lot of tournaments. But yeah, I'm also wondering as well. I know she's obviously climbed up the ranking since, but that Roland Garros 2021 semi-final against Kova, where she was serving for the match, you know, I think she had match points. She should have probably won that match. She plays Pavlochenko in the final. Would you know, Both would have had nerves, but probably back Sakari in that, maybe. I don't know. She could have been Roland Garros champion. Would that have helped her? Maybe not. Maybe it would have done the opposite. Who knows? Um, and then you can see Raducanu. I mean, that was a great win over Kostiuk. And Kostiuk's a really talented youngster. Raducanu, though, is playing some really good tennis. And it's great to see her adapt her game on the clay. I think the best thing for me is that she's added the drop shot to her repertoire, which doesn't seem to be the most natural thing to her. But she's just worked on it in the lab, as they say, um, a lot of the tennis commentators. And, and she has. And you can tell, right? It's become and looking more and more natural as the matches progress. And she's not just saying, I'm going to hit flat down the line to rush my opponent. She's saying, okay, yep, that's obviously a big plus in my game, but I need to add things on the clay. I need to go potentially even hit a lob at times uh, defensively to then get back into the point. Or yeah, I need to hit with more topspin and coverage, cross court, drag them out. You know, she's very intelligent, Radicana, and there's been a lot of talk about her coach and I've already given my opinion on that, but put that to us, put that to one side. And I think, she clearly is someone with a fantastic tennis IQ. And on top of that, she's clearly someone who not only does she know how she wants to play, she is willing to adapt and learn. Whether that's by a coach or by herself, I don't know. But either way, she's clearly improving her clay court game from what I've seen. So that's what that's what was really impressive to me. Also her returning against Kostiuk, who's got a very big first serve. Um yeah, on the I mean she's got 
a very big first serve actually for someone on the WTA tour. Uh, I think she must be in like top twenty. I'm I don't know by the way. I'm just this is why I'm I, I'm assuming that she's got maybe one of the biggest serves. Well, she's in the top twenty of biggest servers on tour. Maybe even top ten. Uh, Fernandez though not managing to get it done against Teichman. So contrasting fortunes for the uh, U.S. Open finalists there. Uh, and then Muguruza. I mean, this is a huge, huge upset. Muguruza again at home in Spain. She didn't even just lose in straight sets. She got bageled. Now I know she might not have been fully fit potentially. They're saying, but this is a massive upset. I mean, and, and we saw it with Zverev in Munich. He lost to Holger Rune in the first round, and he said, "Oh, you know the the pressure of the crowd being at home." I don't get that. I don't. And the reason why I don't get it is because like, these guys have played in front of like tens of thousands of people in the biggest stadiums in the world. I I know I get it that playing at home could be different, but surely you just need to get. You know, surely would that not help you? Like, yeah, there's a bit of pressure there for you to win, but I, I don't get it. I just, you know, do you know what I mean? I I I would take that energy. I think anyway, although I'm not a pro tennis player, but I would take that positive energy and then utilize it on court i feel like a lot of these people they shy away from it feed into it get the crowd behind you and, and like you know get them to help you through the match i don't know i don't know it's a crazy one uh could that have been part of why bedosa went out i think also she had that slight shoulder injury in the second set but i don't think it was that i think halep just played phenomenally well with mugrotha i don't know I don't know. Uh, and then Andrescu beating uh, Daniel Collins is... This is a phenomenal win, by the way. I mean, double breadstick for Bianca Andrescu over Daniel Collins. And all the people saying that Daniel Collins should be up there as a potential player to challenge for Ryan Garros. I said, no, this isn't... I mean, this doesn't highlight my point. I think it just highlights that Andrescu's in really good form and Collins can have hot and cold days. And I think that's what happened. But I think for me, with Colin, she's just too inconsistent. And I will do a WTA Power Rankings video after Madrid. And then we can have a sit down. I'm sure lots of people will be like, what is this list? This is terrible. Change this, change that, which is great. Because that's what I want in the comment section to have a discussion. But yeah, I mean, Andrescu just really good. And then, of course, we have um, Anissimova knocking out another another seed in Azarenka. Just easy as you like. 6-1, 6-4. And then Coco Goff going out to Simona Halep in straight sets as well. And then Ons Jabeur, who is the only top 10 player still left in the draw, wins 6-2, 6-3, 6-2. Alexandrova getting through as well. So today we've got four matches. Kasatkina versus uh, Cerebos Tormo. I'm actually going to back Cerebos Tormo in that. Andrescu versus Pagula. I'm actually going to go with Andrescu. I'm, I'm really I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it a lot. Teichman, Rybakina. I don't know. Whoever you want, Rybakina, Radicanu, Kalanina. I'm going to go Radicanu. Um, and yeah, look at that Alexandrova versus Anissa Mova. And then Jabur Halep. What a match that's going to be for the quarterfinals. Jabur versus Halep. That is unbelievable. What a match. That, that's a bit unfair as well. <laughs> the reason why I say it's a bit unfair is because I'm thinking that that is what I would like to see in the final. I mean, I do think those guys are potentially. Well, they're definitely worthy of, of making the final right there at Madrid and then giving us a massive, massive 
like a spectacle. I mean, it would be incredible to watch. Anyways, that's all from me. Thanks very much, guys, for tuning in. We do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, do smash that like button if you enjoyed the video. Do give me your opinions as well on the WTA Madrid Open so far. What's your thoughts? Are you surprised that so many seeds have fallen? Maybe you're not. Maybe you just think, actually, no. I've done my bracket for the tournament, and actually, I didn't have any of them going through. You know, I've got Kalanina winning the tournament, and then you might think, that's a silly thing to say for Zan. No, it's not. Kalina could win it. She definitely could win it um, from from what it's looking like right now. You just don't know. But yeah, apart from that, stay safe and well. Do leave a rating and review on a podcast platform if you're listening or watching on a podcast platform. Also, if you're on a podcast platform, do come over to YouTube, do subscribe and vice versa as well. Go over to our podcast link and do leave a rating and review. It really does help. We are growing a lot. Um, and that's because of you guys. That's because of you guys. Your support is incredible. So do keep it up. It does massively help. Don't think, oh, just liking this video doesn't help. It does. It really does. Get us up those YouTube charts and rankings. And, then, and of course, on the podcast rankings as well. And then we can give you guys as good a content as possible. Who knows? Might even be able to do this full time, which would be the dream. And then, yeah, then I'll tell you what you guys would be in for a real treat. That's for sure. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well. And I'll see you.